Hello, I'm Sarai Kaiser. And I'm Sarah Bakeman. And we are the podcast hosts for the Human Solutions Podcast. Last fall, 2021, we were in a feature writing class. And for the last few months, we worked on a story about a human solution in the Twin Cities. But what exactly is a human solution? A human solution, yes, any person in the Twin Cities that we found wasn't just speaking out about an issue or saying things about an issue they're kind of concerned about, but they're embodying the solution to it. They're implementing solutions into their everyday life. I, for example, wrote a story about a professor who lives in the woods and lives a sustainable lifestyle because he believes so much in that issue. Yeah, and I wrote about a community gardener and activist in St. Paul. And some of our classmates wrote really interesting stories on a physician's assistant working amidst the pandemic, a baseball hall of famer who's done some really great work in the community, just some really interesting people. We hope that you listen to the podcast to get a little bit of behind the scenes introduction to each story, hear a little bit about why a person's a human solution, and then that you're inspired to read the publication. Listeners, and welcome to the first episode of our Human Solutions podcast. I'm Sarah Bakeman. And I'm Sarai Kaiser. And we're students from Bethel University. Um, yeah. yeah, we're in a feature writing class. Um, and we have been working all the, the second half of the semester on people who are human solutions in the Twin Cities metro area. And we want to share our experiences with you guys. So this first episode will just be Sarah and I talking about our experiences, mm-hmm. and then we'll bring on other people. So it'll be super fun. Yeah, so we have other people in our class who also did some reporting, and they'll be sharing their <laughs> stories too. Yeah, and we want to take you along for the ride. <laughs> A magical journey, yeah. Okay. So, Sarah, why don't you tell me about your human solution? My human solution is Jeff Wetzig, wetjeff at Bethel.edu, if you email him. That's his... Wet Jeff. <laughs> with, one, with one F, too, which I don't That's weird. quite understand, but... Yeah, so he's a human solution. Um, he's, a, he's a really interesting guy. So he's an art professor, but he commutes an hour and a half every day to a little cabin in the woods in Wisconsin, off the grid. Um, he's a sustainable guy. He doesn't like to buy pl- uh, wasteful things. Um, I went to his house. It was really fun. <laughs> I went to his house. I know where he lives. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, if you guys are willing to pay me $50, I will leak his... No, I will not. That's a joke. I will you not leak his address. Person. Yeah, but he's a human solution. Uh, just a lot of stuff about consumerism. A lot of his art is about consumerism, and it was just really fascinating to learn about. So he has this free exhibit where he was doing uh, prints of these objects he found on the roadside with, like, free signs taped to him. It was qu- kind of a commentary on, like, um, I guess, people who try to displace the guilt of consuming these things and then not using them anymore by giving it away for free. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it was a really interesting concept when you look at it because a lot of times with art, I was like, this looks stupid. I was <laughs> like, all these free signs, what does this mean? But then you get to digging and it was really fascinating to learn about all that and then how he applies that to his life in this little cabin yeah. that he built himself by hand. 
It was insane. That's crazy. Yeah, you got to go visit him, right? How, how was that? Yeah, I made a little road trip. Uh, it was like hour and a half drive. Um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I spent like five hours. I spent a few hours at his house, and I met his kids, and they were so fun. And I got to walk around his property. He has like a little screen house. He has a greenhouse. He has a shed. He's building a sauna right now. That's his <laughs> latest project. It's insane. I'm not a fan of saunas. <laughs> I know. But, you know, it's a little if, it, sus, if like, it's for Jeff, anything for Jeff. Anything for really. Jeff. And he has all these plants. He has an experimental peach patch. Yeah. And you guys should look up his photo on Bethel.edu because I'm telling you, this man looks like the, he looks very normal. He's, he's you know, he's a professor by day. But then by night, he's a woodsman. A sustainable king. A sustainable king, if that's what you want to call him, yeah. Yeah. Where, did you have any, like, bumps in the road? Weird things that you happened know, in the reporting process? You know, for me, the bump in the road, which might sound, like, really stupid, was asking him if I could come to his house. I mean, I met him once, like, a very big and step. And I, I feel like it was just a really big step in our relationship. <laughs> because, I, you know, I spent an hour talking to him, a little over an hour talking to him, and I was like... Hey, by the way, um, can I drive to your house sometime and, you know, meet your children, you know, your flesh and blood and come <laughs> onto your property where, where, you know, it's very secret. No, not many people probably know where he lives. Yeah. Did they feed you? They, they didn't feed me food. Well, no, actually his wife did cut up an apple for me. Uh, did they grow the apple? They did have apples, but they ate all of them. I got one from town, I think. Okay, you Which, know, subpar, but whatever. Yeah, it was it was a tasty apple, though. I shared it with his daughter. Okay. Mercy. Bonding experience. Yeah, we shared an apple. Um, they gave me some chaga, which is like this mushroom tea. Um, it was delicious. So it's really expensive, but they found it in their trees just growing. And so um, I'm never going to have it again, probably because it's like actually expensive to drink it. But Unless they just, you go back to his house. I think I might just show up. <laughs> I Jeff, I want some tea. <laughs> Open up! <laughs> I need some chaga, man. Yeah, it's called chaga. So it tasted like, for those of you listening, if you haven't had chaga, if you're not a millionaire. Um, <laughs> or a woodsman. Or a, or if you're not Jeff Wetzig. Um, it basically, it's like, it tastes like almost coffee-ish, but also like tea. And a little bit like graham crackers. <laughs> so, well, she's a food critic, everyone. And I was like, Jeff, have you ever had this iced before? I think this would make a great <laughs> ice drink. And he was like, no. <laughs> and that was the end of that conversation. I was like, Jeff, I got an idea. He didn't care. No, maybe he did. <laughs> he didn't act like it, though. If you could take Jeff Wetzig to any restaurant, where would you go? You know, his wife talked about city food, which is food with a toothpick in it. Um, <laughs> sorry, I don't laugh. Like they, a just fancy sandwich? Yeah, they said not like bar food, like diner food, you know, like burgers. They said okay, like yeah. food with like a toothpick. And you take that toothpick out and mm-hmm. it's delicious. Um, he said they, they they take their kids to Subway after cross country. Um, so okay. not Subway. I feel like that's just been there, done that. Yeah. Maybe Jersey Mike's, a step up from Subway. I'd, sh- I'd show them a thing or two. Do they use toothpicks at Jersey Mike's? No, but the sandwich is just better than Subway. Okay. And it's literally cardboard bread at Subway. <laughs> I'm so against True. Subway. Me too. So I'd be like, Jeff, let me show you a thing or two, man. I think you've been living in the dark for a little too long. <laughs> and I think your kids work hard and they deserve a Jersey Mike sup. <laughs> That's my final answer. Nice. What's one thing you've learned from the experience as a whole? Um, <laughs> I learned about how fun it is to be nosy. And to, you know, get yourself in another person's life for a little bit. 
Because when I was at his house, I was, like, fully invested in Jeff Wetzig, Wet Jeff, for a few hours. And, like, I wasn't even thinking about my other assignments or all this other crap. I was, like, really just focusing on him and, like, what it's like to be him. And it was a lot of fun. It was almost like escapism a little bit. It was so cool. I think that's, like, my biggest takeaway from that. No, it sounds like an awesome experience and you have an awesome story to go with it that everyone can read when this comes out. Mm -hmm. It's in the works. It's in the works. It's going to happen. Yeah. At some point. You know, it'll get done. Yeah. Bottom line. <laughs> okay. You know, I think we've done enough talking talking about me. This has been the Sarah Show. <laughs> Let's talk about Soraya. Soraya, tell me about your story, your human solution. Yeah. So my human solution is Melvin Giles. He's a community activist and um, gardener in St. Paul, specifically like the Frogtown Summit U neighborhoods or like the Rondo neighborhood. Um, he co-facilitates the Urban Farm and Garden Alliance, mm. which is, I know, very fancy. It's like um, a mixture of community gardens and just like backyard box gardeners um, in the area of St. Paul who are just working together to promote peace and justice and reconciliation um, through gardening mm. and through putting your hands in the soil, through sharing fruit and vegetables with neighbors yeah so um and he also works with through the ufga with bethel and their partnership with the frogtown summit u neighborhoods so um like classes will get tours from him he's always busy always Mm -hmm. always double booked it's been (laughs) let me tell you it's been a trip um (laughs) this reporting process just i mean melvin is so is so busy because he is part of the like i said the partnership he leads urban farm and garden alliance he always is talking to people he's always gardening with people you know he has all these different things so it was really hard to find time to um get to interview him but that meant i had a lot of observation opportunities Mm -hmm. so i kind of felt annoying so i'd always be like yo melvin um what are some events i can come to this week and then I would just show up. Um, but, you know, those were really helpful in my reporting process. I feel like I got to know him a yeah. lot more, um, like, through observing him. Um, but he just is such a humble guy. And I think you can definitely see that in, hopefully, in my story, you know, really see his character. But it was hard for him to get, like, to get him to open up about himself at first mm-hmm. because... He was always wanting to talk about the work that other people in the community are doing or the people around him or, like, what the Urban Farm and Garden Alliance is doing. And it was like, well, no, I want to hear about you and why you are a human solution. Um, But I think I really got at that eventually. Um, Yeah. Yeah, That's so true. I feel like you learn so much through observation. Like, you can get a lot of information through an interview, obviously, but... I feel like you learn a lot about their character through observation. So I'm excited to read that and, like, see what you learned about him. So... What was, like, your favorite step of the process of, you know, Um, observing, interviewing, all that? I mean, as much as, like, it was a time commitment to, like, always do observation, it was so much fun just to be involved. I mean, I, I did, I went to a farm with Melvin. I helped him clean his shed randomly one evening, (laughs) which I was, I thought I was going for an interview and he was like, you want to help clean the shed? And I was like. Sure. I helped him plant garlic. Um, oh, my God. Went to a peace celebration. Just a bunch of things. 
which was super fun. I loved like getting to know more about the community and the organization and just like really being involved in that. I hope to stay involved in the future, even without yeah. this story. Um, but yeah, so I think my favorite part was observation, even though it took a while. I yeah. feel like you've already talked about it a lot with how involved he is, but why would you call um, Melvin a human solution? Yeah, so he's definitely trying to work um, towards having reparations, um, which is like kind of um, building up back like the black community that has been affected um, by racism in the St. Paul area, especially with like redlining and the um, building of Interstate 94, like right through the Rondo neighborhood. Um, and so like definitely working to promote peace and kind of bring the community back together after that. Um, he's talked a lot about a land bridge over the highway, just a nice green space because it's so built up. I mean, it's it's in the city, you know, but he wants, I mean, green spaces are so good for just like community, but also just someone's physical and emotional well-being. And so he's really, really strong on that part. But yeah, he's just like always promoting peace. He's His nickname is Peace Bubbles because he always has a thing of bubbles either like in his backpack or around his neck to like blow just to make people happy, to ease tension. He's just all about that peace, that community, that joy. He's just so full of joy. And so it's it's just been so much fun to, to be around him and get to know him over yeah. the past few months. That sounds like a lot of fun. I think. Yeah. No, it has been fun. Even though it was like really labor intensive, I feel like it has to be sort of rewarding. It has. End, a little yes. bit. Yeah. And I'm so excited to share the story with him too. Um, I think because, I mean, he doesn't think that it, his story is worthy enough for a big a big profile but Such I'm like a no, humble guy I'm like Melvin you're amazing so yeah <laughs> that'll be fun oh that's sick so um I'm gonna ask you the same question if you could take Melvin to any restaurant where would you take him oh see he I there's this place right behind his sh- right behind his house that's a Korean barbecue place and that sounds really good except I'm a vegetarian so that mm. adds a little wrench in the road so maybe I would get him Korean barbecue and then we would go to, like, a Thai restaurant. I think, like, I'm a big fan of Pad Thai, and I feel like he would be, too. What, so, what about Melvin makes you think he loves Pad Thai? I don't he know. He just has that vibe to him. Just, like, good vibes all around. Like, Pad Thai ma- makes my day. And so, like, Melvin makes my day. Pad Thai makes my day. Perfect combination right there. All right, we'll have to test out that theory. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> I know. Goes. I will be getting back to you guys um, <laughs> if he actually does want to go get Pad Thai. Okay. And then what is one thing you've learned from this experience? Just one, not two. One. Oh, gosh. I guess I kind of already mentioned it before, but, like, really, and you kind of talked about it, too, mm-hmm. but, like, really spending time with someone, like, when you put in the work to be intentional about hanging out with someone, you learn so much about them. And that's mm-hmm. just so cool because... So many times before I've done a story and it's like, oh, an interview. And then we like take some photos and like there's still really great information there, but it's just like that much more meaningful and that much more. Like, you pick up on like the smallest things from observation. Like I found out he always wears this like purple beret and like in an interview you'd be like, oh, he's just wearing a purple beret. But yeah. I found out that that's actually someone sewed that from a pair of his old, pa- like a pair of pants that he had, <laughs> which is like super interesting. Yeah. And he like always wears the color purple because it's his favorite color, 
And so it's like in every photo he's wearing this purple beret. And I feel like if I hadn't spent so much time with him and realized that he wore that every time I saw him, that that was like a meaningful part of his wardrobe. So I, I just love the observation part. I feel like I've learned how important that is. Yeah, that's so true. Like in interviews, you get facts, but in observation, you get depth behind the facts a little bit. Yeah, that's seriously. That's like one way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah, but so um, that really wraps up Sarah and I's human solutions. Um, you got a little bit more in depth on who they are and like the kind of the process behind these stories. Um, so stay tuned for mm-hmm. the rest stay of tuned. our. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. You don't know what's coming next. Keep one eye open. All, one and one eye. ear. You know, you got to hear it. Eyeballs and earballs open. Both. <laughs> yeah, but um, thank you so much for listening. And thank you. Tune in next time. Please. <laughs> for the next installment of the Human Solution Podcast. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Have a good day, Until everyone. Until next time. Goodbye. I bid you adieu. <laughs>